Joseph University of North Gibsonburg is a small college in northern Ohio, about a half hour south of Toledo. It was originally founded in 1903 by Ethelwolf Burgess Joseph, who funded the school's construction by selling his independent steel mill to Carnegie Steel in 1895. According to legend, Joseph was fearful that the 20th century would give rise to a, quote, society of automata, that the working man would die off as metal mechanoids conquered every sector of honest industry, and he sold off his steel mill because he wanted no part in bringing about the iron apocalypse that he foresaw. Joseph believed that the age of the body was rapidly coming to a close, and that if the human race was to survive the clockwork anti-utopia of their own nefarious design, then they must work to usher in an age of the mind. This was the rationale behind the construction of his university, a campus situated outside of any major cities where scholars could hone their mental prowess and become the kind of people that Ethelwolf Joseph believed were destined to inherit the earth. The school's primary focus, then as now, was the liberal arts and humanities. Joseph himself taught many courses on philosophy in the college's early days, until the school was forced to choose between losing its accreditation or stopping Joseph from passing off his eccentric ramblings as professional lectures. Gibsonburg itself is a small town of only a few thousand people. Originally, it was founded around the railroad in the late 1870s, but Joseph used his considerable money and influence to have the railways destroyed. He considered the railroad to be one of the primary vectors of the metal poison now coursing through the veins of America. Ironically, it's highly likely that he himself suffered from lead poisoning as a consequence of his time in the steel industry. In Joseph's vision, the school would be a site of pilgrimage for those seeking knowledge, who would come on foot to learn about their part in the coming age of the mind. In reality, the destruction of the railroad was catastrophic for the town, and for several years, Gibsonburg shrank in population until the widespread availability of cars made it less isolated and inaccessible. After his massively unpopular abolition of the railway, Joseph was unable to stop the town from building paved roads and automobiles. He was also unsuccessful in his attempts to have the town renamed to Ethelwolf. In the modern day, all of this is pretty much just local historical trivia. These days, Joseph University is a fairly run-of-the-mill liberal arts school in a college town in Ohio. It has a few notable alumni, most famously 44th President of the United States, Henry Vladimir Dracula. It's currently late March, the first week after spring break, and all of you are in a small basement classroom in Morgan Hall. The room's fairly dirty and in need of maintenance. Several of the ceiling lights have burnt out, and a few more occasionally flicker in and out. The harsh, sterile light from what bulbs are still working mixes oddly with the sunlight coming in through the dusty, ground-level windows near the ceiling. Two dead cockroaches are in the back corner near a cluster of unused desks. Whoever's job it is to clean them up hasn't been around in a while. There's a mildewy scent in the air that you had mostly gotten used to before spending a week away from class. So, what's going on? How's this class going? Y'all are there, not me. Uh, I got a quick uh, out-of-character question, just, just, yeah. just real quick. Okay, so I get what you're going for with the, with the alternate 44th President of the United States. In this setting, what number are we at currently? Uh, uh you know. <laughs> That's my favorite number. Hmm. You know. 69. <laughs> the 69th President of the United States, nice lord, nice city. You know, um, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to pull the Mega Man move and say that we're on the 40X-th president. That's fair. Okay, Good. okay, so that's a semi-recent guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, Dracula uh, primaried John Kerry and won. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, I would vote for Dracula over <laughs> yeah, John Kerry. Yeah, I would Kerry. vote for Dracula. Yeah. 
Yeah, he beat John Kerry in the, pres- in the Democratic primaries, and George Bush did not serve a second term in this reality. Okay, follow-up question. Does Bram Stoker's Dracula the novel exist in this world? Good question, no. Follow-up, follow-up. Did Dracula drain George Bush of all of his blood? I can't comment. Okay. Dracula primary um, John Kerry is... I wa- need that somewhere in the shirt, tattooed, as the episode title. I don't know. It's like, drop out, Carrie, or I'm going to drink all your ketchup. <laughs> but yeah, we're kind of like maybe 10 to 15 minutes into the lecture. Uh, Quentin, like, how, what's what's going on? What are, you, what are you lecturing on? Are you lecturing, or are you just napping at your desk? Uh, I'm definitely teaching these people something. Uh, okay. I have a tarot deck, and I, like, flip it, and I'm like, uh... I draw a card out, and I'm like, ah, the magician. Hmm, yes. Uh, let's start. What do you guys know about magici- <laughs> magicians? What, what is uh, the deep uh, symbology here, if you guys want to take a guess at it? <laughs> on one hand, it feels very mean of me to have asked you to just start doing a lecture. On the other hand, this feels perfectly in case. Yeah, yeah. Ursa raises her hand. I do an over-exaggerated point, Ursa. Uh, hi, yes, um, they take bunnies out of hats. Bunnies? And I write, I get very serious, and I write on the chalkboard, bunnies out of hats. Very good, very good. Any more answers? She's very excited. She got it right, and does a little, like, little dance, like, yeah. Anything, anything, anything that you, famous musician, ma- uh, magician characters and stories. Alexis raises her hand. Alexis. Magicians lie to people for a living, and I don't respect them. (laughs) Oh no, we're losing the key magician demographic. (laughs) If you're a magician, log off. Stop listening. I write a a little bullet point on the chalkboard, and then in all caps, magic is lies. (laughs) Sloane kind of mumbles her answer, like, you know, like... It means, it means resourcefulness and power. Okay, all right. Resourcefulness and power. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Good job, Sloan. <laughs> I'm trying to do the teacher thing where I'm like, thank you for speaking up. <laughs> oh, that's an excellent point. <laughs> James kind of realizes he's the only one who hasn't spoken and panics a little bit and just goes, uh, uh, misdirection. Misdirection. I love it. I love it. All right. So the magician is uh it comes right after the fool in the main arcana for the tarot set. Um the fool is the person that starts an adventure because they're an idiot and it takes an idiot to go on an adventure. Um The magician, you can see one hand is pointing to the heavens and one is pointing to the earth. They are meant to be the bridge between the material and the alternate plane. Uh kind of threshold person that exists between worlds uh, usher the hinges of the door suddenly squeal as a man in a dress shirt and slacks enters the classroom he has a tablet tucked under his arm and a contrite expression on his face i am so sorry <laughs> i had a little trouble finding the uh, classroom this building is not laid out very well no, sorry you know it doesn't matter didn't mean to interrupt just pretend i'm not here <laughs> and uh, he shovels to the back of the class and sits down at an empty desk his eye is immediately drawn to the dead cockroach, which he stares at with concern and disgust as he unlocks the tablet screen. After a moment, he shakes it off and turns his attention to Quentin. Ha! More students! Great! I am very prepared for that. Um, 
You, yes. Uh, right now, we're just talking about symbology of um, tarot cards. I, like, look at the time for, like, how long I have for this lecture. <laughs> um, do you know anything about, you want to talk about magicians for a good... Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not a student. I'm from, you, you, uh, I'm from, the, the school should have sent you an email about me. Ooh, emails. Yeah. I got a Gmail. I don't have an email. <laughs> Okay, nope, that, that's totally fine. If you didn't get it, no big deal. Again, just just pretend like I'm not here. Just just teach your class like normal. All right. Okay. And he uh, he starts just kind of tapping away at his tablet. All right. We are learning stuff today in class, aren't we, everyone? Aren't you guys all learning so much today? Ah. Ooh. Okay. Um. <laughs> Anybody ever any fun experiences with magi- magicians? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I like, this is out of character, I want to, like, move this forward, but it's very <laughs> hard to hear you just try to stretch this out. Uh, I, I think after, does anybody have any fun experiences with magicians, I think James is going to raise his hand and is like, well, um, for my 10th birthday, my parents hired a magician and he scared the shit out of me. <laughs> yes! Terrible. I'm sorry that happened to you. But would, but would you say that that terrifying experience was much like them ushering you into a world of fantasy and uh, greater understanding and enlightenment? Uh, I think it was more that it ushered my parents into a lawsuit. <laughs> I do a knowing smile and nod. I'm like, exactly. Uh, whoever this guy is that came in seems a little confused. <laughs> Writes on the blackboard, lawsuit. Anyway, we're just talking about um, we're just talking about stories here today uh, about the characters you may encounter in them and uh, genres of fiction uh, and uh, the hero's journey. You guys heard of the hero's journey, right? You've done the reading. All right, here's what I, here's what I think I want to handle this. Why don't you give me a role to dazzle this guy into convincing him that you're doing a good okay. lecture? Okay, let me see. So that is uh. What is your glam two? So yeah, roll two d six plus two. I'm roll actual dice. Let's get it. Okay. First roll of the game, baby. <laughs> All right, six and four. So. So ten plus two is twelve. Yeah. Uh, despite everything, maybe because this guy's only half paying attention, you uh, you give a convincing lecture about the magician <laughs> and the magician's historical role in stories. <laughs> It's as if after just sort of floundering for the first 15 minutes, now that the pressure is on, you manage to reach deep inside yourself and actually pull a lecture out of your ass. <laughs> and uh, yeah, before you know it, the hour is up. All right. Hey. Great, great class today. I, uh, I hope you all learned something. Thank you so much, Professor. Kind of. Very informative. And... She, like, shows you her notebook, and it says every single thing you said in the lecture written down, and then, like, bolded whenever you said magician, lies, lawsuit. <laughs> like, is this going to be in the test? Yes, good to study that. Study all of that you have right there, and, like, if you could send me a copy of all of the notes just so I have those as well. So okay. Excellent. Star student, you're on the, you're on the move here. The, the, the guy who came in is kind of, like, standing in line to talk to you behind uh, Ursa. Hey, I, uh, I, put, I, uh, I straightened my coat up, and I dusted it off, uh, and I rubbed my hands together and gave him a, a ha- hearty handshake. I look up- Hi, how are you doing? Yeah, sorry, sorry again for, for barging in like that. That was, uh, that was an interesting, 
interesting lecture. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, you didn't get the the email that I'd be coming by. No, I must have misplaced it. I I have so many projects. It's just. Ah no no it's it's no problem. I'm sorry about that. Uh, I'm, I'm Michael Clark. I'm with uh, Web Capital. We're. Uh, I, I don't know. Have you caught any of the emails going on going around about that? I think they've uh, trying to trying to keep people in the loop with this. You know, us academics, old fogies. I don't really mess with the internet that much. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. No, that's that's fine. Uh, we're uh, we're in the process of uh, buying the the university, and uh, as part of that, we're going around and trying to audit uh, every, each of the classes to kind of you know see see what's going on, see. Uh, I mean, frankly, see who we're keeping on, that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, I don't know if he's—I don't know if Quinn's sweating, but he—he's uh, <laughs> eyebrow definitely perks up at that. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, you always got to do that cost-benefit analysis and find what works and what's not working. And by the way, have you, have you gotten anything to eat lately? Do you want to like get a dinner or something? Are you a drinker? Or? Oh no, no, thanks. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, yeah, you know, it's weird. We actually wanted to get all of this done, uh, you know, before the uh, the spring break in, and we thought we had. Um, uh, but then we noticed that uh, this classroom was in use. Um, you know that there's some kind of computer uh, problem. I don't really, I don't really know. But you're not on the uh, the department roster. Uh, really? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, Sloane kind of like goes like, wait, what? And like, like kind of turns her head in the back. <laughs> That's I could swear I put that request in, and like when the kids, when the when the students showed up, I assumed it was taken care of. Uh, you know, technology. You know how it is, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah you're yeah, web no development. Problem. You know, you know how it is. It doesn't make any sense. It's all lies. <laughs> well, that's. I mean, the name of our company is is web. Capital, we're not really anything to do with the... Doesn't matter. Listen, um... Gosh, I'm trying to think of a way to say this that's not, uh, offensive. You do work here, right? I get I get a little puffed up, and I'm gonna maybe change my tact on here. Uh-huh. Do I work here? Um, I guess it depends on... Do you teach... Do you consider teaching the next generation work? <laughs> I mean, you saw me deliver a class. If that's not good enough for you, I understand, but... Um, it's a little rude for your first day to come in here and insinuate what I do here is not work, sir. Go ahead and give me another dazzle roll. <laughs> All right. Okay. Not as great. Okay. Uh, three and one. <laughs> plus two. Three so. and one plus two. That's six. So it'd be like, yeah. So do you have, um, I mean, any documentation you could show me or? Yeah. Papers, obviously. Papers. Why would I not have papers? I'm a man of papers, a man of letters. I got letters on papers. I will definitely get those papers and letters to you as soon as possible. Not today, though, because you kind of just uh, jumped on me. But, you know... Quentin, you hear a phone ringing. <laughs> Do I normally have a phone in this class? Oh, it, it's, it sounds like it's coming from down the hall or something, but it's very shrill. Oh, okay. I think that's me. I think that's my call. I gotta go. Oh. What do you think what's you? Uh, a phone. There's a phone. Did you not hear the phone? No, it's still ringing. Do we all hear the phone? Can, yeah, can we all hear it? No. Oh. Mm. Uh, yeah, I got. I just. Uh, I we they schedule these courses really close together. I gotta make it. Um, it's really packed. I don't know if you can, you know, show up for that one. But uh, I would love to consider this con- consider this conversation letter. Did I say consider? I mean, continue. Consider. You maybe consider having not having the. Phone. He puts his hand on your shoulder to kind of stop you. <laughs> he goes, all right, listen. 
Here is my card. It's got all my contact information on it. Just get me a copy of uh, of your documentation as soon as you can, okay? Paycheck stubs, anything you got. Can do. Definitely have that stuff. All right. Great. It was... I met you. And he leaves. <laughs> uh, uh, tell me if I'm wrong here. I imagine um, Quentin is like, whew, and then he turns around and all of the students are still here and saw all of it. Hey, Mr. Brooks? Yes! Do you work here? Do I work here? I am doing work in this university. Are you employed by the university? I receive paychecks. Yes. (laughs) From the university? Alright, you know what? Class is over, but I think this is a great point. Like, what is work? How do you define work? (laughs) I think we should all do a couple of pages about that and maybe get back to where, uh, what we, what we, what we discover. Two like, pages, three pages, what are you talking about? And Ursa is taking notes again? Uh, I'd say two to four pages, especially if you okay. could especially focus on like the legal rules for academics legal in this area. rules That'd for academics working. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much, everyone. <laughs> Quentin, you still hear that phone ringing. All right. I'm, all right. I'm going to go get this. I'm going to get a phone. I got a call. I'm going to go, I, I go and get the call from wherever it's coming from. Why don't you give me an investigate roll to figure out where it's coming from? Would that be mind? That would be your genius, yeah. Genius. Okay, four and six. Four and six plus one. All right, yeah. Uh, so you get to ask me a set of questions. Uh, you can ask me uh, three of the following. What's hidden here? What happened here recently? What weaknesses can I exploit? What poses the biggest threat? Who's in control? What complications should I be wary of? I feel like a lot of these answers are self-evident, <laughs> but ask them anyway. Um, I'm going to start by going, what here should I be wary of? <laughs> uh, what complications should yeah. you be wary of? Um, this phone you have never heard ringing before. And yet it is intensely familiar to you. <laughs> and you you somehow know that it's ringing for you. Great. Good. <laughs> Let me look at... I always want to go, what is the weakness here? But that is maybe not yeah. for the best for this situation. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that one necessarily applies to this one. All right. So next question is going to be... Is there, like, a where question? I'm sorry, I have a terrible memory. <laughs> uh, they're, they're all what, but you can go with what's hidden here. Yeah, what's hidden here? Uh, yeah, as you follow the sound of the phone down the hall, like I said, you're in the basement of this building, and uh, you end up following it towards um, a power room. There are a couple of large uh, electrical machines, and you just hear the phone ringing even over the hum of them, and... Uh, you head towards the back corner of this room where there are some boxes stacked up. And moving them aside, you can see the floor is concrete in this room. And there is a patch of concrete that is clearly... It's dried, but like you can tell it's a slightly different shade of gray than the concrete around it. Like it was poured later. And you can hear the ringing coming from the floor. Alright, now, what weaknesses can I exploit here? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hmm. Well, this is kind of a, you know, a utility room. You can probably find some tools to maybe hack up some concrete if you're going to answer this damn phone. I'm imagining, like, are you about to go, like, John Wick? (laughs) I'm guessing I'm back. Okay. (laughs) 
So I, I'm I'm assuming the rest of us are still in the room and he's just left. Yeah, what are the rest of you doing? I think Sloan kind of followed him. <laughs> I I wanna yeah, I wanna say Ursa follow this one. Yeah, like very like Scooby Doo, like <laughs> we're peeking around the corner. All heads yeah. around the corner. <laughs> we just see him like staring at this concrete wall, figuring out how to bust through it. Hands together, deep in thought. Hmm. Yes. Mm. <laughs> what the fuck is he doing? Sloan slowly pulls up her phone and starts filming. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna summon my eidolon, but I, do I notice y'all there? Uh, I'm uh, trying to think. Yeah, I mean, well, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I, I was gonna ask. Do we have our eidolons at this point? Uh, like- Quentin does. The rest of you do not. And okay. and I, how much how much Quentin knows he has his eidolon is a question I'm leaving up to Ty. Okay, Luke, I just want to double check. I don't. Uh oh. Um no, I'm gonna say you don't. Oh. Okay, then I'm not gonna do the thing that I was gonna do, which is show up with uh, a drill. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I guess I'm going to, like, look around to see if I see my students following me, and if I don't see them, I'm going to summon my Eidolon to get a better picture of what's going on here. All right. Uh, yeah, describe what that looks like. I guess I just kind of peek back over the boxes, and I look around real fast, and I'm like, okay. All right. Um, should, should we roll something to see if he notices us? Or? Uh, I'm going to say I think things will progress more smoothly if he doesn't notice you, and why yeah. don't we just say he doesn't? Yeah, I don't. Okay. Okay. We all duck, except I'm still holding the camera out around the corner. Yeah. I don't duck, but one of you pulls me down. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> okay. I, I have that tarot deck again, and I pull a card out, and I'm like, and I put it into my forehead, I'm like, the love below. And I, there's like a shorting out sound, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. I pull another card out, the love below, and there's, <laughs> like, okay, all right. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, ah, did I, was it the magician? I left the magician. Uh, uh, the magician gets slid under the, <laughs> by the door, because Ursa had kept it, and just, like, slides it by the door. Okay, I pull out the magician, put it to my head, the love below, and it also shorts out. I'm like, okay, what the hell? <laughs> then I pull out, I pull out the hermit, and it works, and, like, my Eidolon appears in a puff of smoke. A, a bunch of smoke is appears behind me and coalesces into my yeah. Eidolon. Uh, none of you see his Eidolon up here. He just looks like he's just held up a bunch of cards to his head. Is he just saying his favorite outcast? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I also don't see it. I just... Cause we haven't... Oh, you know what? Yeah, uh, Ursa, you do see it. That's a good point. Okay. Ooh, neat. Wait, what, what's, what's neat? What is... What? what what's you neat? You know... No, I, they're usually so scary. This one's kind of cuddly. <laughs> what? What is what? What? It's old though. It's rare to see old ones. Is there something in the air down here? Like so, this Eidolon also doesn't appear on phone, right? Non video or picture. Correct. Because I am filming. Yeah, it, it's not on your camera at all. Uh, vampire rules. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, Quentin, what are you doing with the love below now that you've summoned it? I feel like a little silly summoning again. I'm like looking like, okay. And then I hold up, I put the card up in my head again, and I'm like, I'm gonna say my Eidolon uses eight eyes. They glow. They glow at the same time, and I'm gonna dredge the undertow. 
I'm gonna peer, try and pierce the veil, dredge the undertow, and find out if something mythical is going on here. All right, roll uh, 2d6 minus one. Great! What'd you get? Six minus one. <laughs> Fantastic. So that means the phantom clock is moving up to one o'clock. Uh, Quentin, you are going to kind of try... All of this feels intensely familiar to you, but not in a good way. You have a sinking fear in the pit of your stomach, um, but you also know that that phone is never going to stop ringing until you answer it. Y'all, I, I think I think James is, is uh, going to turn to Alexis and someone be like, is there a gas leak in here? Like, what's going on? Maybe we should go see if he's okay. I don't know, but I'm gonna. Oh, I'm just gonna keep filming. I mean, honestly, I'm really just worried about Ursa. I think we should get her out of this basement. Yeah, that's that's fair. Can I dredge the undertow? I want to see if I can hear the phone, or I can see what's what. There's something obviously that's calling to him, and I recognize the familiarity. Can I try to like? hear the phone or hear the find the thing that's bothering him yeah go for it go ahead and uh roll plus biz okay i believe my biz is two that's so. four and two that's six plus two eight all right uh yeah you can uh now you can hear the phone ringing mm-hmm. and um i'm trying to think of what else i should give you for that like yeah you can hear it ringing you know where it is um you can tell that the collar is in the undertow. Okay. I, I like, suddenly get straight up, turn around them, and I say, uh, uh, I believe the phrase is, uh, snitches get stitches, so I'm not going to say nothing. Uh, I'm, I'm talking to the other students. I'm not going to say nothing, yeah. but y'all should go home. And I walk into the room, and I say, I can hear the phone, Professor. I, I think Sloan is kind of taken aback by snitches get stitches. <laughs> like, whoa, what the fuck? I I think it didn't work out, but what she was trying to say is, I'm not going to tell the professor you're here, but uh-huh. she doesn't understand human communication. I immediately drop my card and my my Eidolon disappears and poof, smoke. <laughs> Oh, hey, I, you hear a phone too? Also, I can I I I could see it. It was cute. I like the strings and the eyes. Oh, oh no. Okay. All right. So, I put my hand on Arthur's shoulder. All right. Today we're going to learn about uh second part of the hero's journey, refusal of the call where you leave. <laughs> we're going to leave this basement right now. But the phone. We're going to leave this. Uh, you are right. We should leave this. You you know what? You have convinced me, Professor. Let's just ignore this phone. Constantly ringing in our heads. Every night, every moment, every second we breathe, the phone will be there. Let's just go home. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. What are the rest of you doing? I'm, I, like, I think I'm still in shock a little bit. So, like, I accidentally stepped out from the... From the corner, so they could probably see me. Okay. Oh, wow, Sloan, I didn't know you were there. <laughs> Where did you come from? I, you're really bad at lying. You're really bad. 
Well, I've heard that's like a good thing. It depends. Uh, I think I think James is just kind of. I don't think he thinks anyone has really seen him. So I think he's just starting to back away. <laughs> like he doesn't like whatever the fuck is going on here. He's still convinced it's a gas leak. Uh, mm, do I pull the nuclear option? <laughs> I'm not sure. Alexis, what are you doing? Just to be clear. Yeah, I, I am. I'm perfectly Sam yeah. Fisher back against the wall, intently listening, <laughs> but not revealing myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, gotcha. Okay. No, the move says you can turn back to normal at will. Oh, okay. You're going for that, huh? Hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think. She, so I want to be clear. Uh, she has a minus one genius. Okay. You're um, role playing that right now is what you're saying. Yeah. And she just wants, I think what she says is, Professor, you need to ignore the call from the undertow. It's gonna consume you. It's bad. Please go and never return here again. I, uh, Quentin looks at Ursa with a weird thing of true fear and it's like, Mm -hmm. how do you, okay, how do you know that name? She smiles and then says, it's my hometown. Huh. Wow, okay, yeah. Huh. All right. Um, is there any more people? Any more of the residents here? Um, I think Sloan kind of looks over at Alexis and, um, and is just kind of like nudging her head. Like, come on, come on. Are you still filming this, Sloan? Yeah. Okay, don't get my face on camera. <laughs> I can blur it, it's fine, don't worry about it. Only do my left side, please. I don't look good from the right side. Of course. Thank you. It's, they, as far as I know, they're just like you, well, they're humans, like you. And this is scary. I'm the only one, I'm pretty sure, that has managed to come. So humans are really cool and fun, and I like hanging around y'all. Please don't make me go back, but you shouldn't be trying to call them or connect to them it's a bad place full of not bad people they're not people full of monsters what (laughs) (laughs) quentin sighs and like looks like a little defeated and head on head covering his eyes and like whispers okay don't refer to humans as humans when you're around humans that's the first rule okay okay what do i call them normies I heard I heard someone say the word normie in one of my classes. Is this what they meant? Yes. <laughs> Begrudgingly, he's like, yes, call them normies. Um, we'll get okay. this all figured out. Normies like you are really cool. I am not a normie. <laughs> <laughs> Can, um... Oh wait! Is, did James peace out? Is he? Gone? Yeah, he's peaced out. I, I think. I think. I think he was round the corner by the time. Uh, by the time Ursa started talking about humans. <laughs> Great. Where'd he go? I think What's he just wanted to get out of the basement. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. He's sitting on a bench upstairs? Yeah, like, I, I, I guess at this point he's not really sure where to go because, like, his friends are still down there. But, like... Probably alert the health department if there's a gas leak. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I think he's going to go look for, like, uh, whoever's in charge of maintenance on this campus. He's calling the health cops. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. <laughs> Um, 
uh, Sloane is just like, sorry, did you say humans? No, no, normies. I meant normies. Not, okay, what's that? You know, normal people. And what are you? Normal people. Yeah. Normal people. Normal people. Okay. She's normal people. I like people. Okay. Now, how are you not normal, Ursa? I don't like lying, but... You are bad at it. You're gonna get scared, and then you're gonna make me go away. I like Um, being your friend. I think Sloane is very confused, but... Like, would whatever it is, just it, it's cool. We can work it out. Don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, I have a tie to you. Um, so I should describe her human for her real quickly. She has uh, short black hair. She's wearing a dress that looks. She's wearing a dress for a night out to go to school, basically. And her clothes look mismatchy, but in a way that kind of looks on purpose. Uh, and then the clothes kind of remain the same and her hair remains the same, except she's not a human girl, a human young adult. She's a bear girl. She has ears and a snout, fur all over her. Um, she has claws on her hands. Uh, she's still wearing clothes and she's still roughly the same size and shape. Uh, this is who I am. Hi. Yeah, I think uh, as her transformation starts, a pop-up appears on your phone that says uh, stream corrupted, uh, air code, uh, just numbers. Okay. What if Alexis tries to take a picture with her Polaroid? Uh, The picture that comes out, uh, uh, Ursa is not in the picture. Oh, man. Yeah, I hate it because I can't can't take selfish like this. (laughs) it's, It's a real drag. I I think this is the first time Ursa, or Ursula as y'all know her, has been, has looked uncomfortable in the whole time you've known her. She's fiddling, her paws are moving around each other, she's not staying in place, she looks visibly uncomfortable, and that's something you've never seen. She's always happy and excited, even if the thing is silly or not important, she seems very happy to be there, and right now she is the complete opposite. I don't want to take too much of the scene, but Quentin, like, stands in front of her, like, no, class is still in session, no phones in class, no phones in class, we do not film our fellow students I, I think in storage rooms. <laughs> I think Sloane is, like, like shocked and, like, still processing, but just goes, like, you said class was out of session, like, not even, like, looking. Ursa, <laughs> quietly, yeah, you did say class was done. <laughs> Uh, James, there is a janitor mopping a hallway. Are you going to talk to him about the gas leak? Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, <laughs> sir? Huh? Yeah, uh, uh yeah. I, I, think, I think there might be a gas leak or something in the basement over there. Who do I report that to? What? Why do you think there's a gas leak? Uh, because everybody's acting weird and it smells funny. Uh, what's it smell like? I, I don't know, bad? Weird? Musty? Okay, uh, poof. There's people down there? Yeah, there, we, our classroom's oh, down there. Uh, he reaches over, he pulls a fire alarm next to him. Oh, gotta fix that first. <laughs> oh, Jesus. 
Wait, when you say pull, like, is it going now? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, a fire alarm suddenly starts in the basement. Uh, so the move says you can make yourself look like a human being uh-huh. uh, since my clock. So can I can I return myself to the human being form or do you need me to roll for that? Uh, Yeah, you can just do it. Okay. She, she just does it and you can immediately feel like a weight go off her shoulders. It was like, ooh, that, that alarm is a bad sound, right? We need to leave, right? Acting like nothing has happened. Uh, the phone for Ursa and Quentin has somehow gotten mm. louder so that it is drowning out the alarm. Oh. Well, this is a nightmare. <laughs> um, I think Sloane has had some time to process as so she goes, like, she yelled, like, is, like, trying to talk as loud as she can over the alarm. Uh-huh. Uh, she just goes, like, Ursula, we will we'll work this out. It's okay. But also, what the fuck? Ah! Um, you remember when you asked me where I was from and I said not here? I wasn't lying. Right, you're bad at lying. I would have been able to tell. Yeah, I don't like lying. Uh, and then I look at the at Quentin like, you! What the fuck? Uh, I think Alexis is is running out the building because there is a fire. <laughs> and she yes. runs into James in the hallway and starts, like, spilling all the crazy shit she saw that Ursa transformed. Is the janitor still there? Uh, no, everyone is evacuating the building. Yeah, like, I run into James on the hallway as we are evacuating and start spilling to him that Ursa transformed in some weird shadow bear thing. Wait, what? <laughs> it was like, it was like a weird shadow bear thing. Okay, so see, that's why I talked to the janitor, man, because I'm pretty sure there's a gas leak down there. Y'all are, y'all were being weird. <laughs> okay. I tell the students remaining, gotta get out of here, there's a fire, we need to get everyone out of here, can you be good students, and we can discuss all of this later. I'm gonna go try and go to the administration building. <laughs> I need to steal some, I need to rewrite some papers. <laughs> oh yeah, you're, you're just ignoring the phone, bringing your head over and over. Somehow it never gets quieter no matter how far away you get from it. <laughs> yes. Terrible. It's always the loudest thing you can hear. <laughs> And it adjusts its volume to be just louder than the next loudest sound. And Ursa, that's also happening to you now. Yeah, but, you know, I feel like I'm kind of used to it. I feel like this is what the... <laughs> if my dissonance clock was at midnight, this is what it would sound like. Uh-huh. So I was like, it sucks, but, like, I, I can deal. All right. Uh, yeah, it's, is everyone listening and, and leaving? Uh, well, I mean, I was already out. Right, yeah, uh, Alexis and, and James, you've already left. Sloan, are you going? I guess, like, I, I think I'm still gonna be a little shell-shocked, but I'll just kind of follow those two wherever they're heading. Uh-huh. Alright, yeah. Quentin, you're, and you're heading for the administration building? <sighs> this phone won't stop. <laughs> <laughs> Do you say that out loud? I think so, yeah. I'm like, oh, this phone will not stop. Ursa is right behind you. It won't stop until you pick it up. That's how they get you. What, fo- what phone are you talking about? So, okay, you have already believed one thing. I will not lie to you. There is a phone that only me and Mr. Brooks can hear. It's coming from our heads and also from my hometown, from where I'm from. It's... Mr. Brooks could hear it. I thought he, he could, so I tried to connect to it, and now I can hear it. Um, it's really loud, so if you could speak up a little bit, that would be really cool. Um, and it won't stop ringing until one of us picks it up. But if we pick it up, that probably is bad news. We're either letting something else in, or something's going to happen. Or 
you know, there's always a chance that I'll have to go back. And it's behind that concrete wall you were staring at, weirdly? Yeah. So what are you going to do, get a sledgehammer and crush it? Yeah, I mean, my claws are good, but they're not great again. Wait, I thought you left, Alexis. Oh, I thought we were all outside. Yeah, we're outside now. Oh, are you all outside? Okay, my bad, yeah. I can take that we, like, tried to leave and then... This conversation started right outside the door. Yeah, like, you're, you're just outside the building. There's kind of a crowd around you. No one's paying attention to the crazy shit you're saying. Is is James back with us? Yeah, I dragged James with I, me. I I like point like at James and I just like shrug and like gesture at the two at uh, Quentin and Ursula. What are they? What are they talking about? Uh, 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 <laughs> what? Uh. <laughs> It's it's the funny guesses, just like you said. There was a lot of gas downstairs. Yeah, a fire truck is approaching the building now. What? So much gas. Wait, they 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 literally said a fi- there's not actually a fire. The guy just wanted to get people out of the building. Oh, I turned. Is, is the fire people already here? Uh, yeah, the the fire truck's pulling up. <laughs> this is a bad idea. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna tell them. The room we were in, and that that's where the fire was coming, and that it was coming from beyond the wall. Wait. Like, I could smell it from beyond the wall. Wait, fire? I thought we were responding to a gas leak. Yeah, no, that's what I meant. The gas. Gas, fire, same thing. So you're saying you're going to tell them that you smelled the gas from behind the solid concrete? Yeah. Yes, she's not very smart. That's, oh, buddy. Uh, all right, well, he, the, the the fireman turns to his boy, he's like, all right, let's go check it out, this is just some fucking prank, all right, let's go, and, uh, just kind of moseys into the building. I've seen movies, they have, like, stuff to break concrete. Shortly after they go into the building, the alarm stops, and 10 to 15 minutes later, the two firemen come out and go, all right, it's all clear, everybody, false alarm, and, uh, he kind of gives, uh, Ursa a dirty look as he heads back to the truck. Oh, I think he likes me. <laughs> How's Quentin holding up with that loud uh, ringing? That's, I, was, I assume it's just getting louder and louder over time. Yeah, well, like I said, it, it is constantly the loudest thing he can hear. He's just like trying to cover his ears and like tapping and like, ah, oh. He looks very frustrated for no real reason. Oh! Can I say that I did something while the firemen were downstairs? Uh, are you going to reveal your master plan? Sure. That's going to go badly. Uh, I stole, uh, not a jackhammer, but what's it called? What's Triple H's weapon? A sledgehammer. <laughs> from the yeah, fire truck. Yeah, okay. All right, yeah, I don't think that's... You're saying you stole it from their truck while they were downstairs? Yeah. Okay, I think that's probably not a reveal your master plan. You're doing it now. Um, yeah, I, I think you just do it. Yeah, you just slip into the truck and grab a sledgehammer. Okay. There's a lot of women hi- around. Actually, give me a, a beat the odds roll plus elegant. Okay. Cool. My elegant is zero. Yeah, so that's so a four and a six. Ten. All right, yeah. You managed to just kind of creep over to the truck and grab a sledgehammer out of the back of it. I'm standing against a wall with the sledgehammer between my back and the wall. All right. Uh... Does does James see this happen? Uh, I think that's up to Ursula since she rolled good. I mean, it's a 10, so I would say only if your plan is not to stop me or not to say anything. I think it'd be pretty funny if Ursula just, like, disappears for, like, a few minutes, comes back and has a sledgehammer, and we all just like, Wah! Where? <laughs> Where'd you get that? 
Where did you? <laughs> what is with you people today? Honestly, is this more surprising than the stuff I normally do? Yes, yes. it's a sledgehammer. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You're a bear. Which is what? <laughs> oh, look! And I roar. <laughs> she like puts up a paw and goes roar. What are you a furry? What's going on? Yes, I try and pull up my phone. Um, to show the video. The, there just is no, like, the whole video file isn't there. Great. It didn't save at all. And so I'm, I'm gonna be angry at my phone now. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, it's me, Luke, the guy that hosts this show. I did not write a script for this, so... Bear with me while I tell you about our Patreon. Hopefully it goes well, and I'm not going to have to re-record this like 80 times. I'm probably going to have to re-record this like 80 times. Doesn't matter. Anyway, our Patreon is at patreon.com slash playtest. For $1 a month, you get to listen to all of our episodes early. If you're listening to this on the free feed, you could have been listening to it an entire week ago. Uh, For $3 a month, you get a special monthly podcast where me and Molly, the co-designer of Eidolon Become Your Best Self, talk about uh, the kinks that we're working out in the game in response to the results of this playtest. You also get to see my GM notes, which I publish as soon as we reach a point in the story where they don't have any spoilers in them. Uh, And for $5 a month, you get instant access to the current draft of Eidolon Become Your Best Self. You can... Test out the game, hand it out to your friends, run some campaigns, maybe. And, you know, if you're feeling up to it, send us some feedback. Let us know things that we can improve. The game's still definitely in an early stage where there's a lot of room for improvement still. Um, I definitely have a few ideas uh, that you'll have to subscribe at the $3 level uh, to hear about. So there, sorry. Um, Also, at the $5 level, you get a shout-out on the podcast. And speaking of which, shoutouts to NM, August, Lucentia, Virgil Purcell, Liam Conlon, Ryan Ball, Ellen, Stub5678, David, and the Z Mage. Special shoutouts to the Z Mage for having a fun name that comes at the end of this list of Patreon names and just gives me a fun little high note to go out on when I'm rattling off these shoutouts. This list is like twice as long as it was, or maybe even more since last time, and that's really incredible. Thank you so much for your support. Um, tell your friends also. We'd love to have them listen, uh, you know, and just get this uh, in front of as many people as possible. That'd be awesome. Um, you're all great. Thanks a bunch, and uh, I'm going to let you get back to the show now. I, I look at Quentin and I say, the smart thing for you is to go home. I'll wait till people go leave and I'll go answer the phone. If they send me back, they send me back. It Humanity is too precious to just get... This is my fault, maybe, because I'm here. So just... Ignore this. Try to ignore the phone. I'll probably stop as soon as I answer. James it. is gonna look at Alexis and Sloan. She's talking about phones and humanity, and she's got a hammer. What the fuck is going on, <laughs> dude? I don't know. <laughs> I think uh, Alexis is very concerned for Mister Brooks, who appears to be visibly freaking <laughs> the fuck out. 
<laughs> like hands over his ears, really pissed off. And she says, if Mr. Brooks needs to answer this phone, I think he's got to go down there and answer it. It's very dangerous. Why? <laughs> Imagine, um, oh, what's a good analogy? What's a thing humans, I mean, you people are scared of? Um, guns? Uh, uh, <coughs> sharks? Mm. So imagine, yeah, sharks. So imagine you're going to a pool. No, imagine you dropped your phone because y'all love phones. I love my phone too. Uh, you drop your phone into a pool. The pool is full of sharks, but you need that phone for your life, you know? So if, if, but he could all, Mr. Brooks could also not get the phone, get a new phone. And I'm going to go into the pool of sharks to get the phone. Does that make sense? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> That's a bad metaphor. You're a bad mm-hmm. magi- magician. All right, give me the hammer. <laughs> Thank you. No, I'll, I'll do it. I'm not to play around, but I'm probably stronger than you, Professor. <laughs> I, I, like, lean back and, like, cross my arms. Oh, really now? (laughs) Alexis can't hear the phone, but after hearing all this crazy shit, she feels a need to know what's behind that wall. Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. The moment, the moment the crowd disperses, I'm going in. So you just told me that, Luke, when that happens. All right. Yeah, I think the crowd has dispersed at this point. Uh, who's, Who's following Ursa? Okay, I think Ursa just real quick says, everyone should go home. This is going to be dangerous. Looks to James and says, I'm sorry. And looks to Sloane and says, I'm really, really sorry. Um, you're a good friend. Y'all are. And just walks in with her sledgehammer. Quidden holds up one hand. <laughs> two fingers are pointing to the sky. And two are pointing to the, bo- to the ground. And I said, those who enter back into this school... Know that you are crossing a threshold into a world that you may not be prepared for. This is your choice, and I will not make it for you. And I go inside. Good speech. <laughs> I, I think Sloane looks at Alexis. <laughs> looks at Alexis and uh, James, just like, so we're totally going in there, right? Yeah, no, Alexis doesn't <laughs> hesitate for a second. Doesn't even think about it. <laughs> James is extremely hesitant, but he is not about to let Ursa go anywhere unsupervised with a fucking sledgehammer. Exactly. So he's 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 gonna he's gonna be kinda at the back of the pack, but he's coming along. Sloane is like following and like half watching them and half trying to get her fucking phone to work and cause she really wants to film it. Uh yeah, your phone's working. Oh great. So I'm I'm filming them again. Alright, great. Uh yeah, you head back down into the basement power room. Uh, and Ursa, I'm assuming you're just sledging away at the concrete? Yeah, I I don't stop. I, I mean, unless someone gets in front of me, I won't hurt them. But otherwise, I just start swinging. Yeah, uh, you start swinging, and uh, you chip away at the cement until the head of a very old-fashioned, uh, like, Alexander Graham Bell-ass phone starts to peek out from the concrete. And uh, you continue to kind of hit the wall around it until it falls loose. And uh, it has kind of a rotary dial. The rotor, the dial is spinning by itself, almost by, like, clockwork. Uh, you can see the numbers underneath of the dial 
But as it turns and the metal dial kind of obscures the numbers, when it reveals them again, they are in different positions. So is this is this a, an actual thing that all of us can see or just... Yes, all of you can see the phone, uh, but you can't hear it ringing. There's your phone, Professor. I can answer it, but we both know that you are the one... Uh, before anybody to... does that, quick question. What the fuck? James, you're a good person and a good friend, and the world is scary, and I'm sorry that we have dragged you into it. Okay, I, I appreciate the sentiment, but that doesn't answer my question. You weren't here when I gave the explanation. I'm so sorry. Um, This is a phone to, like... A bad nightmare land where I'm from. That's where I'm originally from. Uh, I think the professor has a connection to it. He was hearing it. And then I noticed he was hearing it. So I made an effort to hear it. Now I can hear it. And it's very, very loud. So also, could you also speak up a little bit when you talk? Wait, so we're trying to go to the place called Bad Nightmare Land? I mean, it's called The Undertow, but it's basically the same thing. Why do we want to go there? I do not. I explicitly tried to keep you from this. But I need to see it. You don't. Alexis needs to see all it. All right, all of you. T- Imagine. All of you step back. No more metaphors. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I'm sorry. Real quick. I forgot to say, as soon as the phone uh, was exposed in the concrete, uh, Sloan, your phone aired out again. God damn it. <laughs> um, she, like, she angrily cursing. And, like, when when they said step back, I took, like, a tiny little baby step back. I move where the rest of them, but I try to be in front of them. Sloan, what kind of phone do you have? Uh, Galaxy S10. Ah, the figures. Get an apple. Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Never mind, I'm, break- like, I'm breaking a tie with the concept of friendship. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Quentin, what you doing? I'm answering the phone. I-, I-, I, like, whisper, like, it's no use explaining. If they're tied into it, which I think they are. They're going to find out eventually, and if they're not, they won't remember any of this. I pick up the phone. All right, there is a click, the ringing stops, and you hear a woman's voice on the line. Understood. Your limousine will be arriving shortly. Uh, You recognize this voice, but you can't place it. And uh, it hangs up as soon as it says that. The room around you... uh, does not the the objects and the walls you know nothing changes except the lighting which takes on a darker uh tint it almost seems like colored gels are moving in front of the lights or something everything kind of looks like uh you're looking at it through kind of a dark rainbowy oil slick effect but otherwise everything looks the same and this is for everybody here we go home sweet home uh, uh- what? Uh, you're seeing, y'all seeing this too? Great. Oh, great. Yeah. Good. Uh, Professor, now that we're here, have you been here before, or you just dealt with stuff from here? I've lived a very long life, and I've seen many things. How old are you, by the way? <laughs> Certainly old enough to go to school for four years to get my doctorate. <laughs> so you're at least four years old. <laughs> yes. This is going to be a pu- You like puzzles. This will be a puzzle for you. See if you can find from my clues how old I am. Why do you think I like puzzles? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's some extra credit. I, I, I think Ursa like gently moves the, the professor from looking at Sloane to looking at James. 
No, that's the one who likes puzzles, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> you got them confused. You hear kind of a liquidy dripping sound, like like water dripping into a puddle or something. <sighs> Anyone else hear that? Yep. Yeah. Uh, as you look around, you see the hole in the concrete wall. Uh, the concrete itself from the upper part of the hole is dripping down into a puddle of liquid concrete at the bottom of the hole. Mm. Yep. Home sweet home. That's not great. That's your home? Uh, the One of the power generators behind you starts to kind of sag uh, under its own weight. It, but in a way, like, if it was made out of, like, fruit gummy, that's the consistency that it seems to have. Ew. Power gummy. <laughs> Appetizing, but probably not great. You said you've been here. What is... I'm, I'm talking to um, to Quentin because I uh, Ursa Ursula has um, clearly is associated with this, but I'm looking for like a human point of contact. Like, what? What is this? He's like, all right. What's the explanation he gives? <sighs> so there are. So you know how you have a you know when this thing happens. You can have a story, and then your friend can have a different story. So, you know, the world isn't different, but points of view can be different, right? Yeah. So, like, while those aren't real, those do can affect reality, those viewpoints and different points of view, right? I, I guess, sure. What if there was a place where all of those things were real, and the ideas and such existed on top of this world. One of the power generators kind of falls over, and as it hits the ground, it splashes and just sort of spreads out like water. Ah! Yeah, we should probably get out of here. Oh, oh, oh Christ. Why are you, no? Hold on, why are you actually no? teaching for the first time right why now? Why is the building melting? I don't know. <laughs> I other class on, like, was it, uh... Apples? Uh, pears? You had a good class on, like, fruit. Like, they didn't know about... That was just his lunch! <laughs> so, Professor, you're saying this world is kind of like Chalk Zone? <laughs> that classical cultural <laughs> touchpoint, Chalk Zone. Everybody knows Chalk Zone! Yeah, and in this world, Chalk Zone <laughs> was the most popular show. Oh, shit, I'm checking my notes, and you're right. God. It was the most popular I mean, children's cartoon. It works that I don't know what that is, and Ursa probably also did. I don't either. <laughs> it's like a cartoon that was on Nickelodeon about a kid that could go into his, like, sketchbook and hang out with his, like, doodle buddies. Right, the Chalk Zone is a place where everything and everyone that has ever been drawn in chalk and erased takes form as a living or tangible. <laughs> kind of like the undertow. I love that you can describe to me That's a very thorough the fictional uh, conceit yeah, of chalk shit. zone off the top of your fucking head. Do you have like chalk and zone tattooed on your knuckles? <laughs> Wait, did, did you describe that in character? Let me show you my phone case. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> chalk has too many letters, so they wrote it C H O K. Alexis pulls out her phone case, which is an iPhone, of course. Yeah. And it's it's just emblazoned <laughs> with all the classic chocks. <laughs> right. 
Crystal, for the million dollar prize, can you tell me what the main like chalk boy of Chalk Zone was called? Like with the like blue hat. <laughs> he was, hat like a, he was or whatever? a superhero. He had like a mask and a cape. Oh uh, yeah. Oh god. Um. <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, that's a shame. You haven't won the grand prize, but you're welcome to come back next week. <laughs> Now I have to ask, is that is the phone case Gen 1 Chalk Zone, or? <laughs> There's fucking gens? No, in the fiction of this universe. God. Right, no. I can't imagine was, all was... this is happening yeah. while no, the it, room is melting around us. Yeah. It's fucking Chalk Zone Shippuden. <laughs> I was about to say, it's like, I didn't, Quentin didn't much care for the follow-up where they talked about the Chalk Zone kids. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the sequel that was about Chalk Zone's son, yeah. Chalkbone. <laughs> I love Chalkbone's dad. <laughs> this building is melting around you, what do you do? Alright. This building is melting, um... <laughs> Quentin hastily summons his, uh, summons his Eidolon to kind of cover these up with, with string. Oh, yeah, uh, all of you can see it now. Ah! Oh, sweet Jesus. Okay, the fuck well, is that? Since we're in it, uh, uh, Ursa takes off her glamour again. Is that a spider? I guess the only James is the only person that sees a bear girl for the first time. Uh... James passes out. You know what? That's the correct reaction. Oh, you can't you can't throw all of this at normies. You got you got to ease them in. Yeah, no, that was my bad. I'm sorry, everyone. That was the phone starts ringing again. <laughs> oh no, not this. Who can hear it this time? Uh, all of you can hear it. That's extremely loud. Wow. Yep. I don't. Uh, I think. Um, but I, I don't want to step on anyone's toes. But I think uh-huh. Sloane is just like fucking pissed off about everything, <laughs> especially her phone not working, and just it just goes to angrily pick up the phone and goes, "What? Your limo has arrived and is waiting outside. Thank you." What did they say? Did someone order a limo? All right, um, everyone that can hear it, raise your hand. Raise hand. <laughs> raise paw. Does James does James' hand suddenly, like, raise? No, he's on the ground. Uh, I'm gonna pick up James over my shoulders. Alright, everyone everyone answer the phone, I guess. Or don't. There's not any hard, fast rules on how this stuff works. <sighs> yeah, the phone is starting to sink into the, the ground, which is getting less stable. I think we need to go now, Professor. Everyone else? Ugh... I I spent a lot of time getting this school to work. I can't just, like, let this school be destroyed, you know? Destroyed? No, no, no. Professor, I'm pretty sure we're not in the school anymore. I'm pretty sure we did the switch. We, we're home. We're in the chalk zone. Quentin Quinn goes to the door and opens it and looks and see if it's still the school. Uh... It is still the school through the door, but everything is getting kind of wavy and wobbly. Uh, the ceiling is dripping. Some of the doors have, like, sagged off of their uh, hinges. Ah, uh, great. We need to go. Oh, now you want to go. Now you don't want to go. <laughs> well, yeah, I wasn't sure because sometimes, like, it, the space melts around you and you're fine. Sometimes it melts in you. I Wait, what? I tell if it was, like, an innie or an out. It melts in you? What the fuck? Doors, I, I'm sorry, on you, on you, not in you, I get languages complicated. There is a rumbling and you hear a rush of water. Great. Okay, we really need to go. 
Uh, the ceiling caves in suddenly above all of you and uh, washes you away. You're just kind of lost in a torrent of kind of technicolor water. It's shifting and changing. Again, it almost looks like oil caught in the sun. What do you do as you're swept up in this current? I try to keep James' head above water because he would be the only one that couldn't, like, hold his breath. Yeah, uh, Ursa, you're like, like, this isn't that distressful to you. Like, you, I think you can even breathe in this stuff. Yeah, sure. Maybe James is initially drowning and Ursa remembers that humans need air. (laughs) I I, I think it might, like, shock him awake, like, getting dunked. And like, oh, yeah. What? What? You're being held by a bear girl. And then he just passes back out. Yeah, I was gonna say. I, I was. I was gonna just say. Oh, that makes perfect <laughs> sense. Thunk as he just passes right back out. Oh, sweet baby child. All right. So I guess I'm gonna do some magic shit now right, yeah. <laughs> because me. my students are in danger. All right. Um, yeah. I'm gonna me. take. Okay. So what sounds do we have here for me to work with? <laughs> Uh, you have the sound of rushing water. Uh, okay. I think that's pretty all-encompassing. That's about it. Maybe some gurgling noises from everyone. Some splashing against people in the walls. Yeah. I pull out the hermit card again and I summon my Eidolon. Okay, alright. And I turn the sound into web, which I stitch into like a little raft. If there's any de- debris, I use that as well. Okay. And I create a little raft. Alright, so you are pushing yourself in order to mold reality, so that's going to mm-hmm. cost you uh, one overdrive. And that means you roll bizarre, I believe, right? Yes! Come on! Six! <laughs> oh, boy, okay. I'm bad at this! <laughs> Can I help? Uh, describe to me how you would help him magically transform sound into web. i getting... I'm basically grabbing all stuff and putting it together, like like. Okay, so you're, it, it's debris. like transforming around you, and you're trying to help gather it and mold it into the raft. Yeah. Uh yeah, I, I can think we can go with that. So go ahead and give. If me... you want to, we can say that everyone's on top of the raft, and I'm underneath it, holding it. Sure. Barely uh, yeah. So just together. give me a uh, uh, roll two d six. Well, plus zero because I have no ties with right. uh, the professor. That's a six and a one. That's a seven. All right. Uh, so on a seven, what was it? Uh, sorry, this is all still new. So on a seven plus, they take either plus one or minus two forward. On a seven to nine, your actions either put you in danger or come at a cost. Okay, so yeah. That makes sense. Uh, you push that up into a seven. It's not really a raft so much as just a wad of webbing, but it's buoyant. That's what matters. You get everybody up onto it. Ursa, you're underneath of it, kind of trying to mm-hmm. push it up and keep it above water. Buoyant was maybe an exaggeration on my part, but you're you're making up the difference. Um, but as you're under this uh, sudden water, you feel a hand wrap around your ankle. Ah, shit. I look down. And uh, yeah, beneath you there is just kind of a dark uh, blob with a spindly hand reaching out and grabbing your foot. I try to kick it with my other foot. All right. Uh, I think you're scrapping with this thing. Okay. Great. So that's go, power, go ahead and right? Give me, uh, roll plus power, yeah. That's a zero. Four and five, that's a nine. Nine. Alright, so on a nine. Uh all right, so choose one of the following. Uh so yeah, you evade or withstand your their attacks, take minus one damage, you overwhelm them with force, deal plus one damage, you create an opportunity for your allies, giving plus one forward to the first person other than you to make use of it. 
Uh, you impress, surprise, or intimidate your target, or you take control of the situation. Uh, ooh, I'm between you have bigger with standard attacks, or you take control of the situation. And I think mm. taking control of the situation makes more sense. Like, maybe they hurt me, but I get to push them away. Okay, yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah, so you're going to take how much damage from this thing? Where are my notes? Uh, oh, God, wow. <laughs> You lose your legs. Let's hope it's less than seven. I'm going to just do some quick editing of these notes. That's too mean to do to you. What were you thinking, Pass Luke? (laughs) Don't do six damage to someone on one attack. Jesus. Yeah, that basic XP is seven. Go ahead and take uh, four damage. Okay, cool. Um, Uh, But yeah, you kind of kick it, and it's like claws scrape against your leg as it uh, is pushed off of you, but you do get away from it, and uh, the water starts to spread out and dissipate, and soon you are back on dry land. There's Ah. no sign of that shadow monster. You're just kind of on a patch of dirt. You're clearly still on the school campus, uh, except that it is nighttime now. There's no sign of that building. And in the sky, instead of a moon, there is a chain of of a bunch of moons, each one in a different phase. I think Ursa throws herself on the floor after everyone's safe and kind of like just licks her wounds and says, I hate it here. And uh, there is the water continues to kind of like rush away from you and spread out and it kind of washes over a sleek black limousine uh, that is kind of parked in front of where the building used to be. I think that's all right. All right. Uh, as you approach the limo, actually, the uh, driver door opens up, and a uh, pale-looking young man in uh, kind of navy blue, uh, very dressy clothes, kind of a very classic, like, limo driver look, kind of steps out, and he looks at all of you with a very unsettling smile and kind of clasps his hands together and goes, <laughs> Hi. I'm excited. I assume I don't know this person? You do not. Okay. Mm. Everyone be careful. Oh, I am so excited to see you. Oh, this is... This is just really great. James is kind of stirring a little bit on the ground. Did, did Did we get to Disney World? Yes, we did. Good job. Yay. <laughs> oh, goodness. Where are... My manners, let me just, uh, he runs around the limo and opens up the, uh, passenger door to let you in. Does he have to laugh? (laughs) I get in the creepy limo. (laughs) I I don't want to get in something we're calling the creepy limo. (laughs) Oh, no, I am so sorry. I am just very, very enthused about this. I I will try to maintain a more professional demeanor. I just haven't gotten to uh, pick up any passengers in quite some time. What do I call... What do, Where are we going? Who are, who are you? I'm sorry, that was too many questions at the same time. <laughs> it was two. Right. <laughs> we, okay, you you first. Who, who are you? I'm Stapleton, your driver this evening. Uh, well, it's a pleasure to meet you, I think. Where are the we going? The pleasure, I can assure you, is all mine. Ooh, that, that doesn't feel good. Where where are we headed? Oh, you're headed to the estate. Of who? The, the estate. I don't, I don't know how to answer your question. 
<laughs> I'm, I promise that everything will be quite clear after we get there, though. <laughs> Again, the cario. It, it's gonna be. It's gonna be more dangerous if we're outside. People don't usually offer help. So if they, if if this, if, if Stapleton here wanted to hurt us, they would have already. Uh, he kind of picks his head up as he hears your voice coming from the limo and kind of peeks around side. He goes, "Oh, I guess you Hi. can. I guess you can bring that with you if you want to." Whoa! That's really hey! Hard for- Whoa! Yeah. Do you have uh, a, so I'm used to it. It's okay. It's he okay. he heads over to, to the trunk and pulls out a blanket. And just here, can you put this down on one of the seats and and? Yeah, I know, I know. I'm putting it on the fucking seat. I know. All right, thank hey, you. Hey, what the fuck, man? It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. That this is how people are towards me. Y'all are human, so you're better. You're gonna. You're a higher tier of uh, person, I guess. What was the driver's name again? Stapleton. Stapleton. Can I ride shotgun? <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. I mean, I, I would really must insist you ride in the passenger cab and enjoy the luxuries we've prepared for you. Do you have a blow dryer or something? Because we're still drenched. Oh, of course, of course. And uh, he, uh, Ursa, you see him reach into the uh, passenger cab and, like, turn the AC dial to hot and you can just feel hot air blowing out the uh, passenger door. God, so the entire limo is a giant blow <laughs> Is this Does this feel uncomfortable or like... N- does this feel like hot and bothersome or like you, it was raining and then you get like a nice blankie on top of you? Uh, you know, I think it feels more like that. Okay. Yeah, it, it feels comfortingly warm. Okay. Uh, thank you for... Who who was that? that Alexis? Was that you? Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. And yeah, the, the hot air just blasts out of the, the door of the limo and uh, dries you all off surprisingly quickly and uh, he turns it off. Uh, hmm. I want to try something. <laughs> uh, okay. I, I know he said don't get in the shotgun, but I want to get in the passenger side. Uh, the door is locked. I like I like stare him down. I haven't said anything during all of this. I'm just like had my arms crossed and like my eidolon is just staring daggers at this this <laughs> this driver. I think you're trying to dazzle him. Yeah. Go ahead, give you a glam roll. Okay, this one's good. I got an eight. <laughs> all right. Uh, Stapleton just kind of looks at you. Goes, sir. I've, it really would be better if you sat in the in the back. Why? Why? I mean, why? Why would you like to sit up here with with me? I stand a little. I are, am I on the other side of the car? If it's possible, can I step closer to him? <laughs> I mean, you can. I like get really close to him and like just keep looking at him. And I'm like, I don't mind a little discomfort. Do you mind a little discomfort? <laughs> oh, oh, this is going to be very entertaining. I can tell. All right, sure. No, please be my guest. He hits the uh, the lock on the inside of the driver's side and uh, unlocks the passenger door for you. My big, my giant spider ate a lot and blew smoke in his face. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Anyway, yes, please, please, everybody, uh, come inside. There's there's drinks. Uh, uh, provided in inside, uh, and we we really should be going. We we wouldn't want to keep anyone waiting. I guess, yeah. I I'll get in. I I, I get in the car. What kind of drinks you got? Uh, oh, see see for yourself, please. We have a, a very well stocked bar inside. Whoa, underage drinking. 
I mm, I wouldn't drink I, anything. Mm. I could use a, a stiff drink. I think I'll I'll take some. Quit Quentin says. Um, any you guys read stories about fairies? Yeah, yeah like fairy tales. <laughs> yeah, I watched Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. Um, I, maybe don't drink anything. Or eat anything. <laughs> this, Just saying. Yeah, this is a dangerous place. Don't trust... It's it's really difficult for college sophomore Alexis to resist the allure of free underage drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Everything down here has strings. <laughs> Quinn is like trying to be serious, but he does laugh. He does kind of like crack a bit. The door of the limousine closes by itself as everyone uh, finishes getting in. And uh, uh, Stapleton just kind of turns and looks at you, Quentin, and giggles to himself before uh, smoothly driving away. Idol on Pop is produced by Audio Entropy. You can find us at audioentropy.com as well as patreon.com slash playtest. You can follow Ty at Sirius Tiberius, Crystal at Arcane Crystal, Fabby at Fabby underscore Garza, Mike at Mike Loves Rabbit, Zoe at Blankzilla, and me, Luke, at SSJ Speed Racer. The music used in this episode was Habit by Nocturnum, The Laundry Cycle by Jesse Spillane, Fuzz Dip by Golden Hits, and B005 by Monroeville Music Center. You can find links to all of these songs in the show notes. A special thanks to Max Knightley for our theme song, Party Crasher. Idle on Pop will be back in two weeks, with its next episode appearing on our Patreon feed on April 20th and our free feed on April 27th. See you then!